Welcome to Zikhu Dafsi Man Ram Goldhar and today we're Masekhus Ksubas Daf Ein Ches, beginning the eighth parak Ha'isha Shanafu. The Zikhu Masekhus Ksubas program has been generously sponsored as a schus for Hachazachas Torah. So the three types we're going to focus on number one. The opening mission, the eighth parak, discusses the ability of a wife to sell Nixim Maluk in four different cases. It begins at Isha Shanafu Nechasim Ajwatitares. If a woman inherited property before becoming an Arusa and then became an Arusa, Beishamay and Beisil agree Shomacheres and Nosenes Lekayam that she may sell or give them away, and the transfer stands. If she inherits the properties after becoming an Arusa, Beishamay says she may sell them, but Beisil says she may not sell them. They both agree, though, that if she sells them or gives them away, the transfer stands. The Gemara asks what the difference is between inheriting the property before or after Arison, and concludes that in the Reisha Nafubus the properties were bequeathed to her when she had rights to the property, whereas in the Seifa, Emer Buschusa, Emer Buschusa, one can say she has rights, or perhaps he has rights to it. Rashi explains that Arison also Suffolk Nisun, that Arison creates a Suffolk Nisun, for perhaps he'll end up marrying her, perhaps he may not. Therefore, Lechachil, Latimkor, initially she should not sell them, but if she sold them or gave them away, the transfer stands. Point number two, the mission continues. Rabbi Yudha said, Amruch Chachamim named Rabbi Gamliel. The Chachamim argued before Rabbi Gamliel, Hoyo Vazacha Bishol Yiska Benachasim, since he gained possession of the woman, in that she says Arusa, she did not gain possession of the properties? Rabbi Gamliel replied, O Chadashim Anuboshim, El Shatema Galgan Lolenu Asayashani? Concerning the new properties she acquired after becoming a Nasua, we're ashamed that the Rabban permitted the husband to retrieve them from the buyers. And you wish to impose on us the old properties, a limitation on her ability to sell the properties she acquired and sold as an Arusa? The Gemara asks if Rabbi Yehuda is referring to Beishamai's ruling permitting the woman of to sell the property or to Beishil's ruling, which upholds the sale B'yevit and brings a right so that it's conclusive that Rabbi Yehuda was stating the question in reference to Beishil's ruling of upholding the sale B'yevit. And point number three, the mission state regarding an Asul with inherited properties. Mishinisis Ilveil Modim Shahabal Motsi. If she inherited them after becoming an Asua, everyone agrees that if she sold them or gave them away, the husband can take them from the buyers. The Gemara has Lema Tanino at Takana's Usha. Shall we say we've learned at Takana from Usha? This doesn't make sense. For an Usha, the Rabbanit enacted, Aisha Shemacha Beniximelug Bechai Bala, Umesa. If a woman sells Nirse Melug in her husband's lifetime and later dies, the husband may take the property from the possession of the buyers, and the Rabbanan Usha lived after the Rabbanan in our Mishnah. The Gemara answers Masisun Bachayahu Ulaperos. Our Mishnah is dealing with the status of the field during her lifetime and refers to the produce of the land, the Peros, whereas the Dekan of Usha, Bukufa Shalkarka Lachamisa, deals with the land itself and refers to its status after his wife's death. Rashi explains that the Mishnah doesn't mean that the sale is totally void. It's only void with regard to the husband's right to remove the produce. If she then dies, the husband loses that right. In Usha, they enacted that the husband inherits even the property itself. So once again, the three points are number one, the opening Mishnah of the eighth parak discusses the ability of a wife to sell Nixim Aluk in four different cases. It begins, If a woman inherited property before becoming an Arusa and then became an Arusa, that she may sell or give them away and the transfer stands. If she inherits the properties after becoming an Arusa, Beishamay says she may sell them, but Beishilo says she may not sell them. 
They both agree, though, that if she sells them or gives them away, the transfer stands. The Gemara asks what the difference is between inheriting the property before or after Arison and concludes that in the Reisha Nafubuschusa, the properties were bequeathed to her when she had rights to the property, whereas in the Seifa, Emer Buschusa, Emer Buschusa, one can say she has rights or perhaps he has rights to it. Rashi explains the Arison also Suffolk Nisun, that Arison creates a Suffolk Nisun, for perhaps he'll end up marrying her and perhaps he may not. Therefore, initially she should not sell them, but if she sold them or gave them away, the transfer stands. Point of two, the mission continues. Rabbi Yudah said, The Chamim argued before Rabbi Gamliel, Since he gained possession of the woman, in that she says, Arusa, she did not gain possession of the properties? Rabbi Gamliel replied, Concerning the new properties she acquired after becoming a Nesua, we're ashamed that the Rabban permitted the husband to retrieve them from the buyers. And you wish to impose on us the old properties? A limitation on her ability to sell the property she acquired and sold as an Arusa? The Gemara asks if Rabbi Yehuda is referring to Beishamai's ruling permitting the woman of to sell the property or to Beishil's ruling, which upholds the sale B'dyevid. And brings a right to that is conclusive that Rabbi Yehuda was stating the question in reference to Beishil's ruling of upholding the sale B'dyevid. And point number three, the mission state regarding an Asul who inherited properties. Mishinisis Eleveil Modim Shahabal Motzi. If she inherited them after becoming an Asua, everyone agrees that if she sold them or gave them away, the husband can take them from the buyers. The Gemara has Lema Tanino at Takana's Usha. Shall we say we've learned at Takana from Usha? This doesn't make sense. For an Usha, the Rabbanit enacted Aisha Shemacher Benichse Melugbechai Bala, Umesa. If a woman sells Nirse Melug in her husband's lifetime and later dies, the husband may take the property from the possession of the buyers, and the Rabbanan Rusha lived after the Rabbanan in our Mishnah. The Gemara answers Masisun Bachayahu Uaperos. Our Mishnah is dealing with the status of the field during her lifetime and refers to the produce of the land, the Peros, whereas the Dekan of Usha, Bukufa Shalkarka Lachamisa, deals with the land itself and refers to its status after his wife's death. Rashi explains that the Mishnah doesn't mean that the sale is totally void, it's only void with regard to the husband's right to remove the produce. If she then dies, the husband loses that right. In Usha, they enacted that the husband inherits even the property itself. All right, so now we go to our Simmerdav Ein Ches, and this one was suggested to us by Yeshua Eisenberg, who suggested that Ein Ches is a child going, ugh, a child going, ugh. So here goes. The young chassan who went, ugh, when he was told that the property is a Rusa inherited and sold is not his, since the sale was good, heard a young child go, ugh, ugh, and say he should be ashamed that he can even retrieve property she received and then sold as an Asua. And now, after Usha, he can even inherit the Nixim el she sold after she dies. Once again, slow motion. The young chassan went, Uch, Uch, that must be learned of Ein Chas. The young chassan went, Uch, when he was told that the property is a Rusa inherited and sold, is not his since the sale was good. Which reminds us, the opening mission of the eighth parrot begins, if a woman inherited property before becoming an Arusa and then became an Arusa, Beishamah and Beishil agree, Shomacheres Menosenes Vakayim, that she may sell or give them away and the transfer stands. If she inherits the properties after becoming an Arusa, Beishamah say, she may sell them, but Beishil say, she may not sell them. They both agree that if she sells them or gives them away, the transfer stands. So the young chassan went, Ugh, when he was told that the property is a Rus inherited and sold, is not his, since the sale was good. Heard a young child go, 
Oh, oh, and say he should be ashamed that he can't even retrieve properties she received and then sold as a Nasua. Which reminds us the mission continues with Yudah said that the argued before Mengamuyo, since he gained possession of the woman in that she is his Arusa, should he not gain possession of the properties? Concerning the new property she acquired after becoming a Nasua, we're ashamed that the Rabbanim permitted the husband to retrieve them from the buyers, and you wish to impose on us the old properties, a limitation on her ability to sell the properties she acquired and sold as an Arusa? So the young husband went, ugh, when he was told that the property his Arusa inherited and sold is not his since the sale was good, heard a young child go, ugh, ugh, and say he should be ashamed that he can even retrieve property she received and then sold as an Asua. And now after Usha, he can even inherit the Nixi Melu she sold after she died. Which reminds us, the mission state regarding an Asua inherited properties. If she inherited them after becoming an Asua, everyone agrees that if she sold them or gave them away, the husband can take them from the buyers. The Gemara asks, isn't this the Takana of Usha which existed after the time of the Mishnah? And the Gemara answers, our mission is dealing with the status of the field during her lifetime. It refers to the produce of the land. Whereas the Takana of Usha is Bekufa deals with the land itself and refers to its status after his wife's death. Rashi explains that the Mishnah doesn't mean that the sale is totally void. It's only void with regard to the husband's right to remove the produce. If she then dies, the husband loses that right. In Usha, they enacted the husband inherits even the property itself. So once again, the young chassum went, ugh, when he was told that the property is a rusa inherited and sold, is not his since the sale was good. Heard a young child go, ugh, ugh, and say, he should be ashamed that he can even retrieve property she received and then sold as a nasua. And now after Usha, he can even inherit the next emelut she sold after she dies. All right, now it's time for a four-block back chazara. Dafine Dal, so the symbol Dafine Dal, it is an aid, a witness. So here goes. The confused aiding, aiding, that must be learned of. Ein Dalin, aid. The confused aid into the Chalitza Mutes, where the Yavam was told the Yavama would pay him tuna zuz, but didn't. Which reminds us, a Chalitza Mutes is kosha omer lachotz la amanashe titin time zuz. Wherever the Yavam was told, perform a Chalitza in order that the Yavama gives you tuna zuz. Rav Achabrein Rav Ika said, why is the Chalitza valid? It's because the Avid Maisa al-Huli achli the Tanai. Since he performed an act without reiterating the Tanai, it must mean he was mocha on the Tanai. Here too, where he was Makadosh al-Tanai, but had beer without reiterating the Tanai, he must have been mocha on the Tanai. So the confused aid into the Chalitza Mutes, where the Yavim was told the Yavama would pay him 200 zuz, but didn't, were taught the Parsha B'nai Gad and B'nai Ruvain to understand why the Tanai was invalid. Which reminds us, Ravacha explained why the Chalitza case is different. Since all Tanaim are learned from the Tanai that motion made with B'nai Gad and B'nai Ruvain, a Tanai must resemble that original Tanai and be able to be carried out by a Shaliach, just like Moshe made Yehoshua, his Shaliach. Tanai the Lev Shalakayumi, Adei Shaliach, Luhavi Tanai. Tanai that cannot be carried out by a Shaliach is not a valid Tanai, and a Chalitz cannot be done by a Shaliach. Therefore, no Tanai can be attached to it. So, the confused aid him to the Chalitz Mutes, where the Yavim was told the Yavama would pay him 200 Zuz, but didn't, were taught the parchment they got him in a Ruben to understand why the Tanai wasn't valid. By a doctor, Nechachim called in his backup to try to help a woman with a physical defect. And a vow. Which reminds us, it was taught in Brights regarding a case where the husband was Makadish a woman on condition that she had no vows or physical defects. If she went to a Chacham and he was Matir the Neder, she's Mekudeshes. If she went to a doctor who healed her, she's not Mekudeshes. What's the difference? Chacham okra san Neder mikaro varofa enumarape el mikano haba. A Chacham uproots the Neder retroactively from its very inception, while a doctor cures the defect only moving forward. Daf Ein Hei. So the similar Daf Ein Hei is an Amharts. So here goes. 
It was a match made in heaven in the short as an end. Ama arts. Ama arts? That must mean one dove. Ein hey. It was a match made in heaven in the short as an end. Ama arts. Who come wo as a profession. Which reminds us, the Gemara teaches that women prefer to be married than being alone, even if it means marrying someone who's exceptionally short or has a repulsive profession like combing wool. So it was a match made in heaven when the short as an end ama arts, who combed wool as a profession, met the sweaty woman with the mole who had bad breath, which reminds us, the Mishnah had said a comb woman should post them kohanim all blemishes. The disqualified kohanim from their avodah are considered blemishes for a marriage when the husband was mekadosh with the tonight that there be no blemishes. Abraisa taught, Hosifu olen zeya They added the following defects for marriage, which are not defects for kohanim, perspiration, a mole, and bad breath. So it was a match made in heaven when the short as an end Amaaretz, who combed wool as a profession, met the sweaty woman with the mole who had bad breath, and somehow he didn't notice her blemishes until she was already in his house, which reminds us, the next Mishnah states, If physical blemishes were found in her after her erison, but while she was still in her father's house, the father must bring proof that they came to her after erison, so that it's the husband's field that was flooded, so to speak. If she entered the rishus of her husband before they were found, the husband must bring proof that they were there before, and his acquisition was an acquisition made in error. Moazah says the ratio reflects the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua and the safe of the opinion of Rabbi Gamliel. Dafein Vav. So the similar Dafein Vav is an IV tube or bag. So here goes. The newly married nurse with the IV bag. IV bag? That must be more in Dafein Vav. The newly married nurse with the IV bag who just told her husband who discovered her moom, Manali Biyadcha, which reminds us Rabashi interpreted the Mishnah Daf Ein Heyamanov to be the ratio where she's still in her father's house is equivalent to someone saying, Manali Biyadcha, you owe my father a mana. Since the girl is only Makudeshes, and if she were to get divorced, the Ksuba would go to her father, as she's still a minor, the claimant against her husband is her father. Therefore, the Chazaka of her body cannot be used to support his claim. And the safer where the defect is discovered after she's married is equivalent to someone saying, Manalibiyatcha, you owe me a mana, since in that case the ksuba is paid to her. Therefore, her chazaka supports her claim for the ksuba. So the newly married nurse with the IV bag who just told her husband who discovered her moom, Manalibiyatcha, ignored the pleas of a donkey owner to hook it up to his dead donkey so he could try to keep a newly acquired cow. Which reminds the review said in the name of Shmuel, Amachli Parabachamor, if someone exchanges, a cow for a donkey, mashach bal chamor, sapara. And the original owner of the donkey pulled the cow to affect the kinyan. But the owner of the cow did not have a chance to pull the donkey before the donkey died, as it was in a different location at the time. And he now claims that the donkey died before the cow was pulled, so that the kinyan never took effect. It's on the owner of the donkey to bring proof that his donkey was still alive at the time the cow was pulled. If he could not prove it, he must return the cow to its original owner. So, the newly married nurse with the ivy bag who just told her husband who discovered her moom, Manali Biyadcha, ignored the pleas of a donkey owner to hook it up to his dead donkey so he could try to keep a newly acquired cow, and brought it instead to the young woman who had an epileptic seizure. Which reminds us, the Mishnah had stated that the Chami said that the rulings were stated by Mumin Shabbaseser with regards to defects in unexposed parts of the body. Rav Nachman said, An epilepsy where seizures cause the woman to fall to the ground is like defects in unexposed parts of the body. And the more clarifies that this is only when the condition has a fixed time so the woman can conceal it by not going out. But if the time is not fixed, it's like a defect in an exposed part of her body since her condition is probably known. Daf Ein Zain. So the simmer Daf Ein Zain is a goat, an A's. So here goes. The dejected tanner carrying a smell like goat hides. Goat? That must be more on Daf Ein Zain. 
the dejected tenor carrying a smell like goat hides, who was just divorced by his wife, which reminds Vermeer said, concerning all the repulsive men, such as a tenor and a gather of excrement, that a woman may divorce, Afopisha Hisnima, even if he had stipulated with her that she would marry him, despite his defects, she can say later, I thought I'd be able to tolerate, but now that I see I can't. But the Chavim say, if he made a stipulation with her, she must tolerate the defect against her will, except for Mukhashkin, because by having relations with him, she causes his flesh to fall apart. So the dejected tanner carrying a smell like goat hides, who was just divorced by his wife, met up with his Mukhashkin friend suffering from Razan, who was going with a rabbi, which reminds us, Rabbi Yossi said, a Zakrim from Yushayim told me that there are 24 kinds of Mukhashkin, and considering all of them, the Chavim said that marital relations are harmful for them, Ubali Razan, Kashmakun, and those afflicted with Razan, marital relations are more harmful than the others. After the war mentions Amarim who took precautions from getting too close to those with Razan, it brings Rabbi Shub and Levi who stuck close to them, and was involved in Torah winning as he learned that the Torah will certainly protect those that already have it. So the dejected tanner carrying a smell like goat hides, who was just divorced by his wife, met up with his mukhashkin friend suffering from Razan, who was learning with a rabbi, who then jumped over a fence into a beautiful garden that looked at Gan Eden, never to be seen again, which reminds us of the story of Rabbi Shuban Levi and the Malchamavis and Rabbi Shuban Levi's leaping into Gan Eden. All right, so now it's time to conclude our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff did we learn? Women prefer to be married than single, even if it means marrying someone who's short as an aunt or combs wool as a profession. That's on Duff. Ein hey. Good number two. Which stuff did we learn? Roman Gamil said that we're already embarrassed that the properties in the sewer cells can be retrieved by the husband. Now we want to place a limit on an arusa. That's on Duff. Good number three. Which stuff you learn if the wife's mumir are discovered in her husband's house, she can say money be that's on Duff. Good number four. Which stuff they learn that a woman is permitted to divorce a man who has a repulsive profession? That's on Duff. Good number five. Which of the women the Beis Shammai and Beis Hill agreed that if a woman inherited property before becoming an Arusa and then sold it after she was an Arusa, the sale stands. That's on Duff. Good number six. Which stuff do we learn about the disease of Rasan and how Rabbi Shub and Levi would learn near people afflicted with it? That's on Duff. Einstein. Good number seven. Which of the women in the Nusha they enacted that the husband inherits the Nixay Malud, the wife's soul? That's on Duff. Einches. Good number eight. Which of the women that since Chalitza cannot be accomplished through a Shaliach, a Tanai cannot be attached to it? That's on Duff. Einstein. Good number nine. Which of the women that defect for a woman includes perspiration, a mole, or bad breath? That's on Duff. Ein Heg. Good. Number 10. Which of the women that a chalitza mutas is where the woman said she would give the yavam money to do the chalitza, but then she doesn't. That's on Duff. Ein Dodd. Excellent. That concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Avram Goldman Zichu. Wishing you a great day and great learning.